You're listening to Yale Radio WYBC. This is Brainerd Carey with the lives of the artists, architects, curators, and more. Today on our show, I'm talking with Polly Law. Polly, thanks so much for being with me today. Thanks for having me. Polly, let's talk about what's happening now. We're talking on December 7th in 2021. Um, uh, what's happened for you in the in the last year in, in your in your community, or, or how has that impacted what you're what you're doing? We're going to talk about your work, of course, in this talk. Yeah. But hey, how's the last year been? Yeah. Oh, a real roller coaster. Um, for most of last winter, uh, during the lockdown, I was uh, artistically as dry as a bone. I just could not get any ideas other than ones that just seemed really trite or not worth exploring. And uh, I started to get my mojo back around midsummer. So I've been working fairly steadily since then. And, and what have you been working on since uh, midsummer? Mm-hmm. I've got two streams of work going currently. Uh, my bricolage work which are the semi-3D pieces made out of various materials. And I've also been doing um, uh, monoprints, and most of the monoprints that I've been doing have been based on the British mythological figure, the Green Man. Hmm. Well, let's talk about that. Um, I'd like to talk about the monoprints and... Um and the green man to talk about just the approach mm-hmm. to these monoprints. How are they done? This is done with a, a press, obviously, like an etching press, and you're you're painting mm-hmm. on the plate, or what, what are you what are you using? Well, I I try not to paint so much as to really exploit the marks that you can make with rollers and mm-hmm. sponges and stencils and uh, materials like that. Uh, I figure if I wanted to paint, I'd just paint right on paper or right on canvas. So I try to avoid uh, brush marks. And I use uh, some thin mylars and I cut shapes, kind of uh, basic, in the case of the green man, basic uh, profile shapes and leaf shapes. And I'll ink the background plate, which is plexiglass, and do some mark-making work on that. And then I'll ink up the pieces of mylar and lay those on top. So they act as a, as a they, they knock out the background and introduce a clean uh, image on top of the background. And then run it through the press and... Sometimes I'll go back and add another layer or add some more marks to it, run it through again, but generally that's it. Two runs and the plate is washed off and the image is gone, except for what's on the paper. So I'm, I'm glad you described that. I mean, I've, I've done monoprinting myself, so I'm always interested in the process, and everybody does it so differently, and, and yours is a really interesting uh, kind of two- or three-stage process. Uh, why monoprints? Because it's one of these mediums that's, that's pretty misunderstood, right? People don't understand quite how much work went into it, and it's also misunderstood that it's a, 
not exactly a print. It is a print, but that that, that sounds like you could it's, make it's several of them. But of course, there's only one. Right. Yeah, you can't make an addition. Um, I don't, I when I was younger, I did with my parents a lot of uh, silk screening. And uh, for very utilitarian purposes, we made the posters for the local theater group. But um, I've always loved the look of silkscreen prints. I love the look of monoprints. I also, well, one thing I did do this this past winter was I watched a lot of uh, uh, YouTube videos about uh, doing lino cuts, and I've kind of started working with those, but they still feel a bit too stiff to me. But the mono prints, I can I can be expressive, and uh, I really enjoy the mark making. And the mono prints, of course, were as you say, or, or this, or since the summer, have been about the Green Man. Is that correct? Yes. The green so man tell me about a, the Green Man, because I, yeah, I, I don't know the, the, yeah. the mythology of the Green Man. The Green Man is a very archaic figure in British uh, mythology. And he appears, boy, I don't know. I mean, he might even be Pictish, you know, the, the earliest known tribes in, in Britain. Uh, but he is still a very active figure in the British imagination, uh, you see very often in churches carvings of a, of a man's face with, with vines and leaves coming out of his mouth and his hair is all foliage, and that's the green man. So he is found even in churches, even though he's a distinctly pagan figure. And he is the Green Knight in, in the poem Sir Gawain and the Green Knight. So I've just always been fascinated by the Green Man. Uh, when I've and been when, and, and who, but who is he exactly? What does he do or why is he... Uh, he um, represents untamed nature. Ah. Untamed so, nature. Yeah. I mean, you could even think of... You know, the Ents in Lord of the Rings are sort of green men-ish. They're, they're a little more tree-ish than green men, but they're still animated uh, trees. So. That's so interesting. And so, and so what, what do you think about the green man? Why, what does that mean that the green man is in these prints? These aren't exactly portraits of him. Or are they? What, what, what they are, are portraits. Um, the the mylar matrices that I've made are a silhouette of a man's face, and I embellish it with the leaves, either made made with directly with the roller or with uh, cut out leaves, also of the mylar that I've inked up, and. Uh, what does the green man mean to me? Uh, I, I think I feel rather strong. I, I feel bad that, that um, here in the United States, those of us who are not indigenous don't seem to have 
some kind of founding mythology. We left a lot of that behind. Our ancestors came over and they were more traditional, what we consider traditional religions, and they left a lot of the the pagan underpinnings of culture behind uh, in, in their home countries. My family happens to come from the British Isles. So for me, this is exploring my roots in a very, I mean, I can't claim that I, you know, worship any of these creatures or that I follow the, the festivals or anything, but I just, I have a great affinity for them. And, and so the way that gets into the work is through this kind of mark making you're making and the, and, and the layers, um, right? Is, is it also about the approach? Because it's not quite a narrative, right? Does, do other people see the green man in your work or that's something um, that, of course, yeah. you have to... It's very hmm. obvious. Uh, it's very narrative-driven. All of my work is very narrative-driven. And so where is the green man going? Like what comes next in this? This is You've been working in this series, more monoprints. Um, how is the, the green man or that, or that narrative developing? Well, I might do some more pieces. I, I'm actually going into the printmaking studio tomorrow. So I'm going to take all my matrix pieces with me. And, uh, but I'm also thinking I'm, I'm getting an image of my, in my mind of an owl and a female face superimposed on an owl. So maybe that will show up. I like that. So to talk about your process a little bit, um, I know that's just kind of a thought, a female face on an owl. That's coming from, from where? Just ideas, dreams? Uh, is, is, that, is that working along a certain line of thinking, or um, is that something that's just kind of in the air? Well, it, it is in the air. Um, where I live, uh, I'm out in the countryside, and this is the time of the season when the owls are starting to nest, and so they're doing a lot of calling back and forth at night, so I hear them at night. And I've always loved that sound. And where are you? You're in, you're in Woodstock? I'm, I'm about 40 minutes outside of Woodstock. I'm really out in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> but this is so good. So part of this is there's, there's owls you're hearing at night. I, I, I like hearing all that. And, and, and the owls combined with something else are creating possibly that image that might pop up in the studio? Yeah, um... A kind of, I don't know, maybe a private mythology. You know, there are a lot of uh, Athena, the Greek goddess of wisdom. Her, her animal symbol is the owl. And, you know, we always, it's a long-standing trope. The, the owl represents wisdom. So I'm just kind of feeling my way through this, but to me it has a very inchoate kind of mythological feeling to it. That's interesting. I, I mean, it, it strikes me that way too, especially with, as you're saying, a woman's face on it, because then 
something else is happening. I mean, that's um, not quite a blending with nature. That's that's a, a kind of a, a hybrid figure or character or something like that, right? Mm-hmm. You know, uh, it's it's not it's not entirely a symbol. It's also sort of a a being. You know, I, I always wonder about that. What is what does that mean exactly? When there are uh, kind of human faces on, on on animals or or you know wild creatures, it it, it seems to kind of almost be a, a kind of second self or something of our own. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, so where you are is is, is are you're surrounded. You say you're in the middle of nowhere. The, that sounds like it influences your work. Just the the space it around does. you. Um, I moved to my current location four years ago, and before that, I spent some time living in Kingston, uh, which, even though a lot of my neighbors were very lovely people, I really did not like living in the city. I grew up in the country and uh, have spent periods living in cities, but I always prefer to be out in the countryside, uh, in nature, and uh, my, my work always reflects nature, as well as my own puzzlement about the human condition. And what will happen with these prints? So you're you're working on this. It sounds like a series, but it's in keeping with you know all the other work you're doing. Is are, are mm-hmm. these prints going somewhere, or how will they get out into the world, or or, or seen these in the next ones? Well, um, the ones that I finished recently will be going to uh, Graphicus Gallery mm-hmm. in Nantucket. Hopefully, very soon. <laughs> <laughs> And is there an upcoming show there? Is that what's happening there? No, they don't do shows so much. They just uh, do, uh, you know, constantly revolving displays. Hmm. But I also and, um, uh, show at a gallery in Rhinebeck, New York. So. And um, and so that's exciting. I'm, I'm I'm glad to hear that. And and is there anything else on your plate that we should be talking about? Other other projects or or any collaborations you want to discuss? I I tend not to to be that big on collaboration. Um, my work is so intensely personal that it's difficult. Now, then again, I've never been approached to do a collaboration. Um, mm. I would definitely consider it if I was approached, but I, I really have yet to come up with any kind of an idea myself for a collaborative piece. Um, other than the only... <laughs> I did a, a book several years ago of uh, odd and obscure words that I illustrated with my bricolage style. And I've often mm. thought that it would make a great little opera. This coming from someone who has no musical talent whatsoever. <laughs> so, you know, it's not like I could compose it or stage it or anything, but that would be an interesting collaboration. So I have to amend my comments earlier. I like that. I'm glad you mentioned that. Um, I, I I mean, I once saw, uh, it, was, it was an exhibit actually of, of, 
unfinished or unrealized artist projects and um, or maybe it wasn't all that. It was unfinished, unrealized, and also, you know, yet to be done kind of thing. And uh-huh. you know, just what you described is, is one of those, right? It's, it's exciting to hear. And, you know, I could imagine it, it coming together almost. And it exists in some form as that, as that idea uh-huh. of the opera, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, so, someone like uh, Peter Shickley, who was PDQ Bach, that kind of lighthearted romp, musical romp, combining my my love of language and my visual uh, pieces and song and music and staging. So it may come. Who knows? Right. right. Who knows? You never know. Um, I want to ask you one more question, which is what are you reading at the moment? What am I reading? I am reading a book about everyday life in Georgian England called Behind Closed Doors. Holly, I want to thank you so much for talking with me today. It's been a pleasure talking with you. I wish you well with the work you're doing, and uh, thank you so much for talking with me. Oh, well, you're very welcome. It was, it was a pleasure and a treat. You're listening to Yale Radio WYBC. This is Brainerd Carey with the lives of the artists, architects, curators, and more.